Today's episode is episode 185 of Unconventional Humans Podcast. Today's episode is called The Edge. So today I'm going to talk about my new book, which I published there a few weeks ago in November. It's called The Edge. It's all about it's all about waking up and becoming a creative adult, becoming, I guess, your most authentic self possible through creativity, through being a creative adult. So I wrote this book because I wanted to describe what the creative process has been about for me over the years. I felt personally it hasn't been easy, but it's also been, it's been where I've come alive in my life too. So that's why I wanted to write about this to help you if you're already on that process or if you've been procrastinating about getting on that process, wanted to write this book to normalize for me anyway, what the process has been about. I suppose when talking about this, I guess there's two things that are relevant. So, when I'm right, like from the story that I'm writing. The first thing, I'm writing a book about following your creative process, following the journey into the unknown. Even if there is no definite rewards from doing that, that you'll easily see and be able to show people. I guess what's been a struggle for me, but what's also been probably a good thing right now is that I couldn't say I'm a successful writer by any stretch of the imagination. So I feel like me writing this story, it's not empty words. It's actually how I feel. It's not like a rich person telling you that money doesn't matter. It's actually somebody who I've, followed my path of writing for a good few years now and I still find it challenging today but what has changed over time is I suppose the biggest benefit I get from writing is to not it's peeling back layers and layers of not giving a fuck what people think and I think writing has been a huge outlet for me to, to do that because the more I've continued on this process, the more I've realized how much of that caring what people think is actually in my own mind. Most people aren't bothered about you really, unless you're out there and you're a bit erratic and you're attacking people. Most people won't pay attention to you anyway. So I've realized from doing this process that a lot of my fears were complete illusion. There is a certain amount that is real but there's also a certain amount that's complete illusion. And the more you stick to the process, the more you start to get to grips with that. You start to sift out illusion from reality. It's a large portion of this book. It also deals with facing reality that I found from the writing process that because I've been following a feeling that on the external, on the surface level, I wouldn't think it would make a sense to a lot of people. And 
if I think about it, it doesn't make sense to me. You guys have been following a feeling. I'm getting more of an insight into how important my felt experience of life is and how much that determines so much of my life of how I interpret life and how I even feel about myself. So a big part of the creative process for me has been about reconnecting with inner child. That was That's a, a paragraph I created called the inner child, which is you're coming back into connection with how you were when you were younger, how you felt that sense of being alive. So even in the background, the image there today is an image taken from the last chapter, the artist's world. And from writing, from doing these books, it's helped me to realize how important that connection to self is, how that makes you feel about yourself and how making how you feel about yourself, how that affects how you interact with other people and the outcomes of your life, how you, what path you're going to follow in your life. So in this book, I cover some of the darker aspects to following your creative path. There is a lot of things to confront, especially from your past. You, know, you might have gone through things in the past. You might have never known what it was about or what you learned or that it wasn't normal. There's a chapter I talk about the Valley of Resignation, where I think a lot of adults live, adults who aren't being themselves, who are afraid to be themselves. There's a chapter around gaslighting. So as a creative person, what's, what I found very unsettling at the start is that you're going through the process of actually verbalizing how you see things, how you feel things. And if you're sincere in that process, you'll often feel a little bit mad and unhinged, and you'll feel also a bit isolated because you're expressing things that other people aren't expressing. So that's the dark side of innovation that a lot of people don't tend to talk about because it's not a buzzword. It's not something that you can put in front of people's faces and make it some, seem sexy and enticing. In my experience, anything that is innovative or new or in some way original, there's a sacrifice to that that mightn't be very evident, that mightn't be very clear to people. It, like We don't live in a one-sided universe. You can't have innovation without going through the growing pains of actually creating something new. So in this book, I talk around the isolation that you'll go through as a creative person, that what the process has been about for me has been transforming that sense of isolation, that fear of being alone, that fear of isolation into being more comfortable my, with myself and actually enjoying moments of solitude more often that's alchemy that's 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 uh so it's transforming emotions that are feelings feelings that you are 
uncomfortable with that are you're unsettling. Oftentimes I've noticed I've noticed that you could have an extreme aversion to a feeling without ever really knowing it. And it will just manifest an anxiety about something. But this book, I try, I try and try and light on, in this book, I try and try and light on delving deeper into that and seeing the benefits to, to facing feelings of isolation, feelings of being a bit mad. I try to light, try and light on this in this book because these are all part of a genuine creative process. And it's not easy. That's the, that's the thing. I, I, I still struggle with this stuff today. I definitely do, do not not struggle with this stuff. But I also realized that in order to create the things I'm creating with Davey, I have to put myself through certain things. Because like in this book, it talks about individuality, self-expression. And you can't get to that if you are a group thinker. So you have to find your own way. A lot of this book too is about finding your own way, giving you different ways of thinking. Oftentimes too, we can complicate things and convolute things, which will lead to like procrastination and fearing things that are illusionary that actually waste a lot of time and energy. So try and cut through that in this book. I also talk a little bit about being a polymath. That's the way I look at polymaths today, being a polymath myself is it's your learning style. So before I really engaged with it, this concept of being a polymath, before I realized that that actually suited me, I had this idea in my head of a polymath being somebody who's got a deep knowledge in four different areas. I just kind of stuck to the definition of it. So as long as I was viewing it through that lens, I never saw myself as a polymath. But what helped me is to realize that this term polymath helps to describe my natural fascination with a lot of different topics so for me i'm interested and i've got knowledge in foreign languages programming psychology philosophy some of them are formal training some of them informal training i do a lot of self-learning like i really got a love for self-learning after i actually left the education system but for me this term polymath helped me to be okay in pursuing multiple different topics following my curiosity so that I didn't buy into this idea that you need to specialize and stay in your own lane, which you can easily pick up when you're in a university with very siloed, siloed like uh, departments. Like in my mind, when I was in university, I never saw a link between programming and foreign languages. I think some of it was down to the fact that I wasn't, curious at the time i was very numb to to the world of education at that stage in my life i, I wasn't allowing myself to be curious in the first place so if you're not going to allow yourself to be curious you're never going to see a link and you're not you're not going to see a link i feel like that's the thing with polymaths is that the disadvantage of being a polymath is that you're you're going to sacrifice a certain amount of depth in each topic but the advantage is that because you're curious, you'll also see the interconnectivity between certain fields that somebody who just stays in their own lane won't see. So this isn't a judgment call, specialist, polymath, nothing right or wrong or bad or good about it. But it's 
just trying to find a general learning style that fits well with you, that helps you to explain your curiosities and, and your experiences. And so I talk a little bit about that. Lifelong learning is what it is to be a creative person. You're not going to be a creative person if you're not open to learning new things each day and to being wrong about things and challenge your assumptions. And yeah, like in this book, then really enjoyed the, the artwork to it, working with Davey on this. I really like seeing the images. I think they, they make the, the book come to life. This book, we've gone with colored images. And for me, that makes it, it just makes it exciting that there's an element to the books I write that is coming from Davy, and that's like completely outside my control. So I'm seeing new images as I create the book, as I write the book, and I find that very interesting. And even though when I give some guidance on an image, I like how the image actually comes to life. So even the front of the book, the front cover of the book, that came to me at the very end, the cover to the book. And if you're somebody reading the book who isn't me, you mightn't see the connection so easily between the front and the actual book. You might see it. But the instruction I gave to David there was to draw a picture of a guy, of me, who is in a suit and tie, looks very lost. And then there's a child alongside him who's trying to get his attention, trying to get him to pay attention to him. But he doesn't notice the child. And that just depicts me when I was in university, when I was doing my work experience. And the thing is, French was fascinating me, but I couldn't see how that could become a viable career for me. So I was just going through the motions a lot in university. Most of my degree was business, and I just chose that because it was very general and hedging my bets pretty much. But my work experience then was in an investment company. And at the time, I just felt very lost. And I was still living with this mentality that 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 I have to give in to how society is telling me how to think and act and behave and what I want and that it can mold me, that there's only a certain few molds I can fit. And other than that, I can't really do much else. And it is, I guess it's just a feeling of, of feeling trapped and limited in your options. And that was me then. And I think it was from going through that, that, there was a lot of chaos in my life at that time, personally and professionally. Went through a lot of struggle. Then when I left university, my mind opened more. But again, I went through a lot of struggle, a lot of pain. And I think that's how you actually learn real things then. And the other side then is because I just find the process very challenging. Sometimes I do feel... If I'm being honest, I do feel like there's no hope here. There's no hope of really progressing with this. Sometimes I feel like that. To be honest, I never feel like I'm going to give up writing because I do feel like writing does connect me 
with myself better. I did feel very numb to myself before I started writing or even through the podcast, just expressing myself, facing my fears. So I have never, I don't think I'd ever think about giving this up, but I often feel like I'm never going to make substantial progress with to the extent that I would like to progress with this. I think that's the other challenging part of the unknown. So I find the unknown unknown freeing and the unknown is a great term for this actually. I'm reading Alan Watts at the moment. We're going to do a I'm going to talk about his book in January. And he just talked about Maya, this term. I think it's a Hindu term. And it's about the illusionary nature of the world. And in the book, he's pointing to the fact that the illusion comes from our thinking. That it's not, it's not, well, this is how I've interpreted it anyway. That it's not the... I think he was talking about it in terms of, I think in Buddhism, they believe in reincarnation. And then if you, I suppose if you transcend yourself in one lifetime, it breaks the cycle. But, you know, just coming back to the term Maya, the illusionary nature of the world is that it's, it's in our thought process. It's in our perception of the world. It's in our thinking. And our thinking is created by the social institutions social conditioning and the process of waking up to yourself is about seeing through Maya, the illusion with seeing through the thinking process and how it, how it informs how we see the world. So this book is about breaking out of that. So this book is about waking up to the fact that there's, if you're afraid of people around you today, if you're afraid of voicing your opinions, or if you're afraid of doing something, genuinely creative or saying something a bit weird because even in this book there's a paragraph about how to be weird and if you're a human being being weird is a side of being a human being if you're blocked off from that you're blocking yourself off from a part of being human i found that challenging that but then i'm also seeing it as liberating now that if i get a look from somebody telling me that I'm weird, I'm more and more realizing that's part of life. That's the way it is. It's like I'm expressing myself as honestly as I can. And my weird thoughts can help somebody else in their own kind of understanding or might spark some weird thoughts in them. But even, again, to be innovative, to be creative, an aspect of that is being weird because an aspect of being human is being weird. So they're the types of things that be challenging in this book. And the more you engage in this process, the more you start to see how other people stifle themselves. And one heartening thing I found from the creative process, this was one of the biggest things tied to the gaslighting. I used to be afraid of people who would look at me a bit odd if I dare say something that was a bit off the wall. I used to be afraid of those people because I used to believe that they were in the right. I used to believe that 
what's happening here is that it's my weird side coming out and I'm the only person with a weird side and this person's telling me to bottle that up. So they're right. I need to bottle that up. What I've realized as I've engaged with this more and more is that it's actually their issue. They're not comfortable in expressing themselves, how you're expressing yourself. And they want you to stop doing that because it makes them feel uncomfortable. So the more and more I've engaged with this, the more and more I've seen that. And the more I've seen that that anger or that trying to suppress you is actually fear-based by them. They're actually afraid that that is another thing that those are the types of things then that keep me going. I keep my focus off the external, like the metrics or things like that. My, my, my focus will go on to them because it's natural. I do want things to be successful. Because I, I think a lack of success, it does in some level affect your confidence. Like if you are successful, it will it will help tip the, the, the scale of being confident more towards you. But when you're going through the process, you don't know if you're ever going to be successful. And even if you are successful, you don't know how long it's going to take to, to like achieve success in something. So the things that keep me going are a focus on the things I'm talking about today. And that's why I wrote that book, because... It's so easy to quit and give up and to feel like you're weird and to feel like you just need to stop being weird and fit in and be like how every other adult is. So this book is to tell you that there is no normal adult. There is no normal adult. If you believe there is like, like the thing is, is that I believe that deep down, People are different and they're supposed to be different. And in our job is to actually get along together, collaborate, accept our differences, learn to understand our differences. So for me, it's a huge red flag. If you, if you go to a community and people are very similar, oftentimes too, when you've got a group of people that are very similar, you'll notice how rigid they are. Or you'll even see it in their body or just even, it's, it's just... The reason I know that is because that's the sort of stuff I'm trying to peel back myself. There's still areas of life today where I feel uncomfortable and my body gets rigid and uptight. There's less and less though. And that's why I engage with this process because it's about unraveling all that stuff. And there's so much, there's so much to gain internally from engaging in a process that's individual. And it's also like, I, I appreciate now today when I get to actually know somebody, I know more of the difference between actually connecting with somebody and just having a monotonous day-to-day conversation. I think the more, the reason I'm starting to notice that more is because I'm starting to have more conversations where it feels like there's a connection there. Because I think the opposite to addiction is connection. And so in the last book and in this book, what I'm also working through is my addictions, my thinking. So the addictions, again, it comes back to Moya, the illusion of the outside world and that illusion that those thoughts that are coming from outside of you in social institutions that aren't thoughts that have been consciously created from within, they create a lot of addictions. Think about living in a capitalist society or even in a communist society, 
any society, there's certain things they need people to buy into for the society to function. So there's going to be things in there that are not natural to you and they'll be addictive thinking. So this process for me is about seeing true or just even noticing, becoming aware of those addictions and thinking and then staying with it long enough to help me to understand why that addiction is there. And oftentimes it gets dissolved in some sort of fear or some sort of experience, some sort of very charged feeling or emotion within you. Oftentimes that's the root cause. And this process helps me to engage with that. So yeah, that's the edge. That's what I wanted to talk about today. I didn't know what I was going to really, really be talking about today with this. Uh, in terms of my process of writing, I know with this that it started that I wanted to explore the artistic process, the process of being a creative adult. I wanted to explore the feelings that had unnerved me for years and I had so much anxiety and overwhelm. I still do to an extent today, depending on the circumstance, the context, situation. But it does become less and less as you begin to internalize more and more of this stuff. And yeah, for the writing process, I had some images in mind to begin with. It was Johnny Cash came to me, like Walk the Line came to me as, as the as the kind of the fine line you're walking in society as an individual who's willing to express themselves. And then it was the Philippe Petit, the image of him came to me between the twin towers when he's walking the tightrope. And then it kind of unfolded from there. Like I was unraveling my feelings of unease. I traced it. Like that's how the images kept coming to me. Like the value of resignation that came from my observation that there's many people in the world that will try and pull you down or make you second guess yourself out of their own fear-based stuff. And from their, yeah, from their own fear-based stuff that they won't put themselves out to themselves. So they want to drag other people down. And that's kind of the start of the book. And then it just goes through learning, goes through. get the book. I put it into five different sections. Kind of, I broke it up that way. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed writing the book, to be honest. I spent probably six months or so writing the book. Then I went through editing, doing the images with Davey, or he was doing the images for me. And, uh, and that's it. I don't want to really ramble on too much more, but that's kind of the things I wanted to describe today. And yeah, like I'm proud of proud of what we've created. I, I feel like it's original. I don't know whether there's a need for it in the world, whether people want. Well, I do feel like there's a need. It's just a matter of do people know what is being created here? I think that's the, or do they find it interesting and enticing? So I found that actually difficult. Sometimes I'd often feel selfish myself that, I wasn't paying so much attention to what people wanted. I paid more attention to what I want, who I am. And then 
my hope is that I will reach people who are similar to me and are at an earlier stage than I am in relation to their fear of being themselves. So that's kind of the way I've come at this. And for a long time, I kind of felt a bit selfish that, oh, I wasn't looking for what people want. Like I'd often find even people, they'd be, if they're creating a new book, they'll put some book covers out there to test to see whether people want to know. Actually, I think I did that for my first book. And I only did it because I felt like that's what I should do. So there's a big learning curve. I've realized now that I just want to write and I want to create something that first and foremost, I find appealing. And there's insights in there that, that I have learned from and that will actually impact somebody if they take them seriously and if they're, very sim- if they're similar in their nature to me. So that's what it boils down to for me now, but it took me quite a long time to understand it about myself. And that comes with experience and that comes with you get confidence, self-confidence from experience after a while as well. So again, they're the bonus things to sticking to something where there's unknown rewards, a lot of sacrifices. Like I, I do feel like I've sacrificed quite a bit to, to make these things happen, but I guess what, what always trumps this stuff is that from doing all this, I don't feel like a cog in a machine. I feel less and less like a cog in a machine. I feel more and more like an individual. And it's also the benefit to connecting with other people who want to be individuals, who want to be themselves. Yeah. There are the main things I wanted to talk about today. Thanks again for listening. You can check out the book. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to buy it. It's on Amazon now, in Kindle and in paperback. That's it. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode.